Hey, I'm Hannah Alberga. And I'm Catherine DeClerc. And this is Ballot Box, your one-stop shop for everything you need to know about the politics and drama unfolding on the provincial election campaign trail. We need to get the profits out and the care back in. He wants to leave drivers stranded, stuck and separated from their families. Frankly, Conservatives just cannot help themselves. Here we are at the most important election of our lifetime. Digs and promises, otherwise known as the sound that campaigning has officially begun in Ontario. Well, it's felt like it has already been going on for months now. Wednesday marked the first official day on the trail for party leaders. Unsurprisingly, all four candidates picked up on the same key theme, one that encompasses everything from the price of a pepper at the grocery store to skyrocketing prices at the pump. Affordability. For progressive conservative leader Doug Ford, that came in the form of a tax credit for those earning less than $50,000 a year, along with the license plate renewal refund and gas tax that he first introduced as premier. If you caught a glimpse of Ford at his first campaign announcement, sitting inside a yellow construction digger, there's a reason for that. The PC leader is painting himself as a builder, specifically when it comes to highways like the 413. He plans to make it a key theme throughout the election, aiming to zero in on that sturdy 905 and suburban base, making it cheaper and easier for those voters to get to where they need to go. Today, we're once again saying yes to building Highway 413. Staying on the theme of transit, but taking it from a very different angle, Liberal leader Stephen Del Duca promised to cancel Ford's beloved Highway 413 and target commuters who frequent the TTC and GO train instead, proposing his buck-a-ride pledge to bring the cost of public transit down to $1 across the province until 2024. If that catchy buck-a-ride phrase sounds familiar, that's because it rings eerily similar to Ford's buck-a-beer promise in 2018 that an Ontario Liberal government will reduce transit fares right across Ontario down to $1 per ride within 100 days of taking office. Meanwhile, the NDP zeroed in on middle-income tax freezes and more coverage under OHIP, including a provincial dental care plan. While the Greens proposed what they call real solutions to the current housing crisis the province is reckoning with. Well, we'll make sure that that money is no longer coming out of your pocket, that you'll be able to access that care without having to open your wallet. We have to act now. We cannot afford to wait. In less than a month, when it's time to head to the polls, the question on your mind will probably be, which of these big-ticket promises will make the biggest difference in your life? Luckily, we still have time before Election Day to sift through what this all means. And there's truly no better person to get us there than CTV Toronto's Queen's Park reporter, Siobhan Morris, who sat down with us to break down exactly what happened this week. Welcome to Ballot Box. Great to be here. How has the last week been for you? (laughs) You know what? It's nice to be doing the thing that we've been talking about for so long. We've known that this election campaign was building up. We have seen parties kind of jockeying to get in line. So it's nice to finally just be doing the thing that we're talking about. But it's been busy. It's been really busy. Yeah, I imagine. (laughs) So walk us through kind of what happened at the start of this official campaign period. So on Tuesday, we learned that 
Doug Ford would be asking the Lieutenant General to dissolve the legislature. Kind of describe what happened from there. Well, we got the heads up the day before. My days are all kind of mashing together now. But the day before that, uh, it, it can be traditional to go in the morning or do it mid-afternoon and then the campaign starts the next day. Or, But there was some sense that, that the PCs wanted to just be able to you know, really start campaigning and not have to do a whole bunch of things in one day, do the bureaucratic stuff uh, and then, you know, kind of get their campaign stuff in order. So they were able to separate the two events. So from there, we just, you know, it's a lot of figuring out the logistics at Queens Park of that LG visit, which is, you know, we don't see tons of ceremony at Queens Park. There's a couple events, you know, the speech from the throne, budget day has a lot of ceremony. And this is one of those things too, that even though, it's a given that this election was going to happen on June 2nd. It is kind of cool to have this very ceremonial thing that needs to happen. You know, a piece of paper needs to be signed by the LG with a big, beautiful ribbon and stamp on it. Uh, so from there, we knew that things were just going to like start. The, the pace of everything was going to pick up a lot. All the parties fanning out across for the for the moment, mostly around the Golden Horseshoe to really try and get the votes to get as many seats as they can uh, in June. Yeah. So, I mean, we've seen the party leaders and some candidates, they, they've been campaigning for like the last few weeks. Um, how How is this different now? It's just the volume is turned up so much louder. And I think you'll see the attacks are have been a little bit sharper in the last few days. Uh, I think this definitely started, especially with the budget. In the budget we speech, we heard the, the finance minister really go after the formal liberal government. And that in the early days of the campaign has been true. Those words coming from Doug Ford. Uh, so you're seeing the, those attacks get a little bit sharper. Of course, <laughs> the audience will be hearing a lot of campaign ads now, seeing a lot of them on television. Uh, so just everything is turned up a little louder. And I think in these early days, the, the party leaders are, are, might still be trying to find their footing, really getting used to saying their campaign messaging. Uh, I think for some of them, it's not supernatural yet and finding them kind of tripping over their words a little bit. Doug Ford, not so much. Get it done is a, a chorus you've been hearing from them for them for for months at this point. They've had some ads out uh, on that. So but just trying to figure out fine tune their messaging in these early days. So tell us a little bit about what you are seeing on the ground. You, you talked about the slogans a bit. We've been hearing all the jingles on social media and on television. You know, but aside from all of that, the, the special effects, as it were, um, what should we be keeping an eye out for? I, I think in the early part so far, it's seeing who thinks who is the enemy or their enemy, I, I guess, in terms of um, who stands in the way of their particular party and getting more seats. We're seeing uh, the PCs talk a little bit about the NDP as, as you know, they painted them as the, the party of no, that uh, earlier this week, Doug Ford said, you know, every plan we come up with, Andrew Horvath just has a, a reason or a complaint about it and not, he suggests not really a, a good alternative. But there's been some really sharp attacks from both the PCs and the NDP against Stephen Del Duca and the role that he had in the former uh, Wynn government and really that being a point of attack. But let's face it, Stephen Del Duca was the Minister of Transportation for years in the Wynn government and they didn't do what they needed to do to help municipalities provide better transit services and more affordable transit services. That is an interesting thing to see and if that changes that'll tell you something about 
what the parties are seeing in their own internal polling, which often is really what guides the campaign. It guides what their messaging is like, where they go, where they think they can win seats, what like what writings are still in play and which ones they just have no hope to get. So they just don't bother going and which ones on the other hand, too, are, are really sure bets and maybe they don't need to spend time there. And I know affordability was a huge thing leading up to the election um, or the election campaign starting, I should say. Um, is that going to be the key issues? What else have um, have the party leaders been talking about this week? I mean, it's interesting. That's what we're hearing from people is that they care about most everything in the last little while has become so much more expensive. I mean, gas, the grocery store, just every part of living. Um, and I think that you'll hear the party leaders say that they care about that. But most of their policies are seem to me to be kind of tinkering on the edges of things. Um, yeah, earlier this week, Doug Ford talked about uh, the rebates on license plate stickers that were issued right before the campaign started as being a a move to, you know, to help people save money, uh, a gas tax that uh, cut that is coming in July for the legislation not on that's already been passed. So wouldn't be undone unless they were unseated. I asked too if that would be extended because we know this affordability issue is going is going to be an issue past, you know, maybe the end of the year. And he just wasn't willing to go there. Stephen Del Duca has been talking about affordability again on, on kind of smaller things. Um, that would make a difference, but I, I don't think are overarching things. So, of course, his big signature thing to this point has been buck a ride, dollar rides on public transit for, again, two years. Uh, and then also talking about cutting the tax or um, eliminating the HST on more food. So food up to $20 for prepared food. Andrea Horvath has talked, I think, more has been a little less focused on that affordability stuff and has talked about another major priority of talking about health care, about hiring and credentialing more nurses, just beefing up, um, beefing up hospitals, moving long term care to a, uh, a public not for profit model. So I think Andrea Horvath might have some things to say in the days ahead about affordability, but there's no sort of one big, I think, broad fix. And, and I mean, to be fair, I'm not sure that there is such a fix, but there hasn't been to this point in the campaign any major shift or um, any sudden new drawing up of, of an idea that would really save people money beyond what we've already heard in the days before the campaign officially launched. Mm-hmm. And it's it's still early days, too. So like looking ahead to next week, do you think that's something we could see or do you think the leaders have essentially they've given us all of their big nuggets already? I mean, it, it would be interesting to hear from uh, from the Liberals and the Greens because they're the two parties that have not released full platforms to this point. It, it's kind of hard, I think, especially for the PCs because they've committed a plan in a budget. It's kind of hard to add in a nugget in the middle of a campaign. It's not impossible. Um, I, I think that you could certainly present it as like, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing the way things are taking a turn and we realize that we really need to do more to help people. It's, it's, it's not unheard of, but then I, of course the question will be, well, how are you going to pay for X, Y, Z? Because the, you know, the budget document is a costed, um, I mean, listen, there's some big holes in that budget, uh, in the, you know, some, some broad sweeping things that we don't know how much they really cost. Um, but there would be questions, of course, of how you're going to pay for any new measure. We are expecting a, a fully costed liberal platform at some point in the next week or so. So maybe there's something extra we could hear from the liberals in there. It's possible. It's it's really hard to say. 
and uh, and we'll end this this chat with just a, a fun question. Um, do you do you have a favorite slogan or jingle so far? Uh, well, two things. First of all, I mean the Doug Ford's campaign song in the last election for the people became a thing that I think people who who <laughs> covered politics both came to loathe and and kind of had kind of loved also because it was kind of a banger like it was I you know it's hard to say that it was a banger their new campaign song um I covered an event this week where they played it four times and I'm just like I don't I don't know and maybe it's because we've already been through a campaign of hearing it but the uh the get it done song maybe more than the slogan is pretty good uh Mike Schreiner said something earlier this week, and it's not actually his campaign slogan, but he said it alongside his campaign slogan. Uh, and I, th I thought it was just a good a good turn of phrase. And it was, uh, you know, he wants to elect more green MPPs to Queens Park. And he says, you know, these MPPs will have new solutions to old problems, which the campaign slogan is uh, is more. I mean, this is, means it's not a great campaign slogan if I can't pull it out of my brain easily. Um, but I just thought that actually was kind of what I think people hope for, because I think some of the problems like affordability is an issue now, but I think it's almost always, always a thing that people are concerned about is how they can stretch their own dollar further and not feel like they're being gouged in every corner of their life. Healthcare is always a concern. I think our concerns have maybe been magnified by what we've just been through in the pandemic. But to me, that idea of uh, yeah, new solutions to old problems is an interesting thing to think about. And I don't know that, it, you know, I think the Greens are under no illusion they're about to form a government or anything, but it might be something for people to think about and maybe give some people, um, you know, a reason to, to look at what the Greens are offering and the ideas that they're suggesting that could be part of the conversation at Queen's Park. Yeah. Excellent. So maybe they also need a little jingle to go with that bit. <laughs> maybe, maybe that would maybe that would make the difference. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Siobhan. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. So now you know what happened this week and what to look out for as we head into next week. If you're wondering how the four parties are stacking up right now, a Nanos poll commissioned by CTV News and CP24 found the PCs have a seven-point lead over the Liberals, with the NDP trailing close behind. Here's Chief Data Scientist Nick Nanos himself explaining the week one results. It's a bit like looking at the polling numbers, especially compared to the 2018 election. It's a bit like that movie trading places between the liberals and the new democrats because back in 2018 the new democrats were at 34 and the liberals were at 20 by the end of the 2018 election fast forward and it's the liberals who are in second at about 30 percent and the new democrats are down to about 24. so i think that's going to be the one to watch who will be the key challenger right now the ctv cp24 nanos polling suggests that the liberals are positioned to be the main challenger but it's way too early to tell who will be the main challenger to Doug Ford and the progressive conservatives. We'll be keeping a close eye on whether the Liberals and the NDP can push the pace on their momentum and pick up points in the polls. Coming up on Ballot Box, we'll be getting up close and personal with the four main party leaders, breaking down who they are, what they stand for, and how this all impacts you. 
So stick with us on this journey. Tune in next Friday and don't miss the second episode of Ballot Box, available first on iHeartRadio and wherever you get your podcasts.